What is going on, everybody? This is episode 66 of Pop Culture Crisis. My name is Brett. I'm here with my co-host. Introduce yourself, please. Hi, Miracle Sam. Nice to meet you. How you doing? I'm great. I see that I'm like slowly blending into my background. Yes, you you are kind of. You, you kind of look like you're a, a, like a weird type of uh, sticker camo. Yeah, I'm just like, no, it kind of reminds me of that TikToker. Her name is Bella, um, Bella P. She's a girl that sings uh, Build a Bee. Sounds and, awful. Yeah, but she's also famous for doing like the lip syncing for M to the B and like in her music video Build a Bee, like basically she's just ahead. I feel like I'm just ahead now. Oh, well, you're kind of slowly becoming just ahead over there. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, I'm just blending in. We'll get you a green screen suit one day. Uh, <laughs> That'd be great. Not speaking of anything, but we have a co-host today. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. That is yes. Hannah Claire, not Hannah. Yes. yes. Double first name. Uh, indecisive will, parent. I say this because I, uh, on the way up today, said, Hannah Claire. There was a really <laughs> awkward, like, not long enough to say I didn't say it, but too long to say that I didn't almost not say it. It's very awkward. No. I one time corrected Brett and said, mm. you know, my name's actually Hannah Claire. And I don't, I mean, we've been working it for a little while, yes. but uh, he has very sincerely apologized to me about it on multiple occasions. It only happens in passing. It's okay. It only happens in passing in a moment where I'm like, hey, Hannah Claire, it, like, it, it's at a point where saying the full thing feels uncomfortable, but it's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And like, you know, you're rushing. I was taking a minute to upload a story. It so. really is all her fault, ladies and gentlemen. She was behind. Uh, she, uh, Her and Miracle were both being very prima donna-ish and keeping me behind my schedule. I am professional. I've been up here all day waiting to go. What do you and they're mean? just and they're just making I'm just you like late. working on the news site she's, doing my other job she's doing her real, she's, she's doing her real job or her, I locked her other myself job. out of my own house I forgot my keys okay so Hannah Claire has a good excuse miracle not so much no but for that's, real that's I okay. left I left my house and I was like looking for my keys because usually I have it in my hand and then I was like where's my keys and then I realized I already locked the door and I was like whoop I don't know what to do. And I broke into my own house. Yeah, I'm actually getting kind of, I, I'm excited that spring is coming. Mm -hmm. I don't mind winter, but the big change is that I'm not going to be wearing a jacket out of the house that often. Yeah. And it means I'm going to have to carry all of my items in my hand. I know. Uh, and <laughs> there's a chance that you just leave the keys behind. Exactly. There's a, a, a large portion of me that like, I, I, I have time. I don't even need a coat. Mm -hmm. I, in fact, I hate wearing a coat because I'm from Minnesota and, and you, I, I just, it's not very cold here mm -hmm. but i'm like but look at all this pocket space i yes. have oh it's so serious mm -hmm. i'm excited about the cargo pants trend uh i'm i think I i'm just gonna to. convert and put them in uh because it, coats are the equivalent and it's they're just so practical have you ever mm -hmm. seen the skit where the guy he goes into his cargo pants and just keeps pulling stuff out stuff that could not possibly be in there like a blender comes <laughs> no, out but that's gonna be yeah. me this summer yeah. i'm gonna i think i'm gonna wear a lot of cargo pants which is funny because my whole family like my dad's signature fashion item is the cargo pants so for him it never left he also wears this jacket which she calls a safari jacket and i've seen i've seen like j crew sells it in banana republic and it's got like big pockets like two at the top and two at the bottom mm -hmm. beautiful and you know i'll tell you as a child i stored so many art projects in those you know you like bring stuff to your parents you're like here and they're like yep no problem we'll hold yeah. on to it yep. yeah i think i might get one of those too no well if you want cargo pants target sells like these really cute cargo pants for women and like um on top it's like a stretchy elastic band oh. so it's kind of like sweatpants but cargo pants i honestly just feel like having made fun of my dad like 
politely and respectfully for wearing cargo pants for years. Like if I show up in cargo pants, he's like, gonna have his revenge. I really feel like a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. but, but they're so practical. They are practical, but Brett likes making fun of me because my cargo pants are a little bit too big. Uh, I make I I'm just I hold out hope for the return of uh, women just wearing regular skinny jeans rather than the the looser. Pants. I feel like that's mm -hmm. the 2030s. They I might know. circle back. It's a, it's a bummer. Can I um say one thing? Mm -hmm. Um. Can we get the uh, No Strong Opinions mug sometime soon? Because I would really love to not have to carefully cover a logo for a different show. I you should ask um, Jessica to start working on it. Okay. I know that's, Jessica watches. I'm going to put it too. in our Slack because mm -hmm. I'm now a part of that. I also want uh, I want shirts that say it's not enough to just not be an activist. You now have to be actively anti-activist. That's funny. Because I want to deride activism as the dorky thing that celebrities are doing because they have too much time and, and people need to realize that they don't need to be an activist all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, that seems to be the way the world is going right now. Yeah. So, um, I'm an activist against activism. I also want some kind of like version of the MAGA hat that's like anti- uh remakes like make remake remakes not a thing again there we go we can we can do that we'll we'll get started on our on our merch line so Just, speaking of remakes we're going to talk about it we've all week this week we've got uh news involving the batman because the movie's coming out on thursday mm -hmm. i'm very excited so we've got uh, the rotten tomato scores in some updates with that uh an article from uh one of the movie websites about sonic the hedgehog continuing its trend of uh, listening to fans which i will always support tiktok now making you uh stuck to their site even longer with longer videos and then we are going to talk about uh the issues revolving around some of the socio-political stuff with russia ukraine and how it's affecting the movie industry we're going to keep it as apolitical as we can given the topic uh it just felt disingenuous to ignore it yeah. uh and then podluck we got a bunch of stuff there so if you guys are ready without further ado i say we just go ahead and start let's ready do it. let's do it. do it okay so the batman uh, the Batman Rotten Tomato score is in. So if you look at it right here, now I had to go through a couple of these. They've uh, since like updated it like twice because when I looked at it the first time, it was much higher. And it's still very high mm -hmm. in, in comparison to other ones. But it's a good way of gauging what the what the critical support for this movie is. Now, I'm also the person who tells you pretty consistently, you don't need to listen to critics because usually critics tend to be bought and paid for, especially when it comes to Disney properties. But this is not a Disney property. This is Warner Brothers, which is uh, a little bit more combative with with critics the same thing happened with joker when they said that the movie was going to cause violence and they were giving it like a low score not because they thought it was a bad movie but because they uh were ideologically opposed to the movie which ended up being wrong anyways because the movie ended up being nothing like what they were talking mm -hmm. about but this is a constant back and forth between uh in this industry so it says the batman rotten to the batman rotten tomatoes score is in and the flick is getting released this week including wednesday and thursday early screenings i, I do like how um what you, they're going to call it the weekend, like it's opening weekend box office, but it's really almost a full week when you think about the fact that it had show, like when we were looking up ticket times, it had Wednesday showings all day. It had Thursday yeah. showings all day. So it's not really a three-day weekend. It's like a five-day weekend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it says, uh, update, the score is as high, was as high as 96% with around 70 reviews, but has fallen to 87% with 161 reviews. Uh, that's still very high uh, for uh, a movie of, with that many reviews in which we'll get more. What's a normal number of reviews for uh, Rotten Tomatoes to get? That for critic reviews, this is right up there uh, okay. in the hundreds, uh, it, it, especially for something like this where they would have given early screenings. And another way to be, uh, another way, another reason to be hopeful for a movie like this is when they lift the review embargo early. 
meaning that they're not afraid of what critics are saying about the movie. Like a lot of times, if the, if the studio doesn't release the embargo on a movie review until a day before it comes out, you have cause for concern. It usually means that they're trying to hide the flaws of the movie. Uh, sometimes some people argue that they'll do that to prevent spoilers or some big surprise, but most of them now it's, yeah. it's usually to hide bad press. Uh, and most of the time now, these sites, uh, it, that's even more uh, something to worry about because these sites tend to be owned by the same media conglomerates that make the movies just from separate divisions. Right. So it says, uh, for a comparison, now this lists you the other Batman movies' uh, Rotten Tomato score. So Batman vs. Superman had a 29% Rotten Tomato score. Still pr made money, though. Still profitable. Uh, the, Dark Knight, uh, the Dark Knight Rises was 87%. The Dark Knight was 94%. And Batman Begins was 84%. Uh, I, that's weird because I consider Batman Begins to be a much better movie than The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, much much better so uh, Lisa, it's it's all subjective when you really think about it it says and then the four previous films uh, I, I don't even know how they curated that because it's not like Rotten Tomatoes was around I guess they would have had to somebody would have had to go through and look through the old reviews from major reviewers mm -hmm. and so it says Batman and Robin 12% nobody liked Batman and Robin Batman Forever 39% Batman Returns 80% and Batman 72% so for how much nostalgia there is around those first two Batman movies that's kind of interesting to Considering Batman Returns is considered a classic, and the bat and the original Batman movie is considered really well, really good as well. So uh, I, I went over here to the Rotten Tomatoes, so it is still sitting at eighty-seven percent. Let's see if it's changed. Nope. Uh, no, so I, I do like how it says there's no audience rating, even though there's five hundred plus ratings there. Mm -hmm. uh, so those are likely people who are not verified and are just making their reviews based on it. I was going to include an article today about this particularly funny review that I found of this lady's like the movie's too dark for the world we're living in right now. I'm like, well, it was made a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Okay, they couldn't predict what was going to happen in the world at the time of the release of this movie. I apologize. Plus, aren't these the people that? abhor uh anything to do with escapism and want everything to be some type of weird social issue that has to be addressed in these movies and everything has to be realistic and stupid yeah i could also see an argument that if you are in a dark time or things are tense you don't like necessarily want to go see a movie that's like actually everything's fine everything's good yep. because mm -hmm. things don't feel fine i remember um not to get too um political again i do remember when uh season of uh season of cards house of cards season six was coming out now this is post uh kevin spacey and all the all this, you know, all this controversy there but it was uh they're like why house of cards doesn't work in the donald trump era because they're like we're all scared that he's gonna get us bloated up uh, and so they're for like it makes more sense to see scary pl politicians on screen when everything's good during the previous administration, which, as we know, isn't actually reality. It's right. the reality that the media feeds well, you. Well, and it's your perspective. It's like your, for a lot of people at that time, that administration was incredibly dark and heavy and doing things that they didn't agree with. Yep. Again, yeah. not true by everyone, but to say like it's it's interesting that Hollywood is like. That was a good time, and this one was a bad time. It shows you that they are completely biased. And they have their they they know it's right for you, and they should be able to tell you. But now I, I do want to point out that that article I'm referencing was from like the Seattle Times, so they're yeah. they're going to have their opinions. So it's a, they just they go through some of the reviews here, and it says uh, 
For the positive reviews, of course, Comic Book Movie loves it, delivering the definitive take on the world's greatest detective. The Batman is a sweeping cinematic masterpiece that both uh, DC's uh, uh, that's both DC's best film and one of the most captivating, relentless, and unforgettable comic book movies ever made. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, I, I like that they're giving uh, more broad takes here. But uh, that does leave itself to like that's very subjective. They're they're not giving strong opinions on like this one has one it says uh, discussing film says Robert Pattinson gives a restrained yet sometimes unbridled and explosive performance as Batman. Like I I don't I wouldn't want to be the guy who has to write these prose for them like when they're writing these articles. Uh, it says, uh, I also say it isn't the same Batman movie. I appreciated Reeves' ambitions and his willingness to do something that wasn't just more of the same old Batman. That in reference to the fact that they've made this more of a, 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 it's a film noir detective story than it is a comic book movie. Which I'm which, super excited about. I think that's going to be cool. I'm, I'm sick to death. That the reason Batman works, in, uh, one of the reasons uh, a lot of people didn't think it worked in, uh, the, in the Zack Snyder trilogy is because you're taking a, a, what is essentially a, a flesh and blood human being and putting them up against aliens and, and stuff like that mm-hmm. and it doesn't really really work on the big screen you can make that work in um animation adaptations yeah. better but it doesn't work uh, as well uh, in that context so i am excited to see this uh, it says uh, there was another one that i really liked here it says um was it the uh, like there's a lot of hyperbole here one of the greatest batman stories ever told on film is that true I don't Maybe know. Like, is. yeah, that that could be like. I do wonder how much of it is like uh, buying clicks uh, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I know this is my uh, hobby horse right now, but considering that this is not exactly a remake, but a reproduction of a well-known character, mm-hmm. I love that they're mixing in detective noir elements. I think that's really strong. I, I think it's an underappreciated category in literature, mm-hmm. and I love to see it come alive on the big screen because it is sort of a natural marriage between things that are interesting and i think that our dependence on um more Mm sci-fi elements maybe if that's your thing that's totally cool but i love seeing a new perspective yes and the the nolan trilogy wasn't necessarily detective noir but it was a crime thriller it Mm -hmm. wasn't really a superhero movie uh, I, I I wanted to pull this review up. I I was going to ignore it, but uh, it's just too funny in some place. I don't have it on there. I okay. I, I, I pulled this up. Uh, this is a little bit extra. But this I just I feel so depressed reading something like this for certain people because I can just imagine like it must Why? be a bummer to be this person and like I don't know. So it says imagine if you will the pitch meeting for the Batman Matt Reeves reboot of the Cape Crusader franchise starring Robert Pattinson like Joker says someone at the conference table. But more depressing, someone else pipes up. We could save money on lighting by just, you know, not lighting it at all. Uh, And another joins in, and what if we made it like really really long like the snark is real yeah like uh they, it's like they can't help it uh and then uh, it says uh pattinson joins the merciful the mercifully sparse brotherhood of superheroes who are too moody to wash their hair he- here plays a-, a young eerily pale and very intense bruce wayne but this is no origin story bruce is already gotham's vigilante hero lurking in the night and swooping down in a bat suit to wreak vengeance on criminals and his efforts are sorely needed this version of gotham city is a hellhole uh and drenched in constant sodden downpours seriously i say this as a seattleite that that is a lot of rain that's called mood and setting tone so that was on purpose uh it says uh it says says, with this array of talent they they, first they go through the cast and everything says why is the batman so blah 
It's partly the overwhelming darkness, both in mood and the film's actual appearance. It's like they do want everything to be sunshine and rainbows uh, and uplifting stories about climate change and mm -hmm. uplifting stories about uh, uh, Anne Boleyn. Uh, I, I can't get over it. It says, it's partly overwhelming darkness, uh, but in mood, the film's actual appearance, uh, action sequences are much less effect are so much less effective when they're drenched in murk. Uh, they actually do that by choice usually because it's easier to, to hide CGI uh, when the shots are done at night. It says, it's also because any Batman needs to have a clear, very high bar to justify itself. Burton and Nolan's versions work because each brought their unique skill as a filmmaker. Burton's wildly creative uh, deco fantasy, Nolan's more realistic, soulfully poignant take of a man trapped by his own determination to make the world a better place. I agree with that part actually uh in reeve's film the world is burning but we're not given much reason to care or really enough light to even see it like, i i wonder how much she actually took away from it or if she just was not willing to to find the uh, to get into that vibe yeah like, which is clearly what he was going for well and it's hard to not look at the, uh, a review like this and think like I feel like you were put off from the beginning by and, maybe the directing choice or some other choices made. And so if it had been technicolored and full of happy messaging, you would have been like, how inappropriate for them to run a happy movie during this tragic time in human history. You know what I mean? Like, yes. It's hard not to read some reviews that are like, I don't know. I, I respect a critic's right to express their opinion fully. It's just, oh, yeah. No, I just, I just, I wonder sometimes about uh, like, like because, predetermined bias going yes, in based on I, who the director is or who the actors are. Yesterday we talked yeah. about. Uh, she's like, "Do you want to watch uh, Vikings? Uh, the Vikings Valhalla. Valhalla?" And I said, "No," because I already watched a bunch of re reviews for it, and I didn't finish the original Vikings series, and now my opinion has been colored mm. of the show. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, my review on on um, like I'm going to go into this movie, uh, admittedly, with more of a positive spin because I have such an attachment to the character. Right. So uh, but you have to be willing to admit that. Right. Open and hand. If, if you love the character and Dark Knight is your yep. favorite movie of all time, hopefully you can go into it being like, yes. this is not a comment on Dark Knight. It doesn't alter the universe that that one took place in. Yep. This is just a reimagination of the character with unique creative liberties what was she one thing she, it's funny she points to gotham city is a hellhole that is what gotham is yeah. in the comics mm -hmm. like that's one of the things they've constantly messed up i i've railed on the point that in the um in batman begins gotham is portrayed very dark very uh almost uh, it looks like if i don't know if either of you guys saw sin city but yeah. it's bathed in 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 black and orange and it has a very surreal quality to it but then in the following two movies it just looks like new york and chicago mm -hmm. got spliced into the same place and yeah became... and i think that there you know if you live in a city especially one that's been uh altered like the way new york or chicago has because of the pandemic but specifically yep. new york you might see that as offensive on the other hand that's actually original to the comics and it's not a reactionary uh adaptation of modern times yes right yep so I just thought that was uh, that was one of the more interesting takes on it because I expect negative uh, opinions, but it's usually more related to the film technique, or I would hope it would be more related to the actual storytelling elements, and not be so uh, determined to be around like whether it's connected to today or not. Right. Uh, that that just seems weird to me. So uh, I am excited to see this. We've got to two more days to go. Wait, no, right? Two more days to go. We're going on Thursday. 
Yeah, yes. Thursday. So okay. two more days. Two more days. So I'm excited to see it. Miracle, are you excited? I'm excited. Like, legit, we're going to get a Batman we deserve. Yes. Uh, I'm still the only one in this house that liked Affleck as Batman. That's fine. Um, I don't um, know. I thought it was okay. Dane hates that version of it. Never uh, seen it. Uh, it's, uh, so it's, it's fine. Uh, it is what it is. So it, I, I think it will be good, but we mm-hmm. will see. Um, there is uh, some controversy. This actually isn't controversy. It's the opposite controversy. This is regarding Sonic coming up. And uh, one of the reasons that the first Sonic movie did as well as it did is because the movie was uh, very unabashedly pro-consumer, meaning that uh, when people complained... They actually listened uh, mm-hmm. to what to what those complaints were, and actually were okay with uh, making changes, which critics hated. Like I didn't pull up the articles, but they were like, "This is like ruining artistic integrity. They shouldn't listen to fans." But now it's going to become like a hallmark of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it says, "Sonic the Hedgehog 2 poster changed after fan outcry." I support this. Uh, it looks like a fan's opinions have forced a change to the latest Sonic 2 posters following outcry over missing stars' names. Uh, I know, right? So uh, it, it, this one seems a little bit sillier to me than literally changing the the design of the character because it looks so awful mm-hmm. uh, in that first trailer. Miracle remembers yeah. it, it was it was truly it was truly, it was truly the most terrifying. What's terrible? I just made up a word. What does terrible mean? I terrifying and terrible at the same Thank time. Thank you. I just made up like a new word as we go. Yeah, but that actually could be a word. Oh, maybe. So no, I'm saying you could make it your own word. You, she could have her own merch that says "terrible" on it. That would be funny. So, it's so, so terrible. So it says many films make minor changes following test screenings, but few have completely redesigned their main character after releasing the first trailer. 2020's Sonic the Hedgehog followed uh, found itself in this very exclusive group after fans tore apart the design of the iconic blue speedster when he made his first appearance. With a particular note given to the character's strangely human eyes. Yeah, the eyes were the creepiest part. Mm-hmm. Uh, while costly to the completely change the character's face at that point, when much of the movie was already finished, it paid off when the movie with the movie being a huge hit now the marketing team behind sonic the hedgehog 2 has been listening to fans again leading to the changes being made in the latest poster from the film including of uh including a couple of noticeably absent cast names now i would i I do wonder how like um big the characters are that they're talking about like the only ones i really think of are uh are james marsden who voices him or i don't know no does james marsden voice him or is the other guy ben schwartz might be the guy who voices sonic and james marsden is the actor that acts in the scenes with him yeah. uh the human who interacts with sonic I, I, uh so and then so jim carrey ben schwartz uh james marsden and idris elba idris elba plays um is going to play knuckles in this and he's obviously a very big name mm-hmm. actor everyone here knows him even if you don't necessarily watch a lot of movies everyone's heard of idris elba mm-hmm. yep. so but it says uh they were all listed but the names of tika sumter uh, who returns as maddie wachowski and colleen o'shaughnessy providing the voice of miles uh, Tails power uh, were no, were nowhere to be seen. So those two actors, actually, I do kind of agree with that. Like not including when Tails is clearly such a big part of the poster, mm-hmm. maybe it would make more sense to add them as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess when you make the poster, when, if you want to add more names, you have to choose between making the names of the bigger stars. Then they have to shrink them down to fit all the names in yeah. an artistic way. So they were like, uh, well, and, and this is like a thing in Hollywood. They like in their contracts work in like who gets first. Credit. Oh, yeah, it's a huge deal. I'm going to reference one of my favorite shows of all time, which is Gilmore Girls. If you've ever seen the opening credits for that, there's, um, and 
and I can't remember the actress's name, Kelly Bishop, who plays the grandmother. Mm -hmm. So it's like all these people, Alexis Spadell, Lauren Graham, whoever, whoever, and Kelly Bishop. And then it says with a uh, special appearance by yep. Edward Herman, who plays the grandfather. The first and, and the last credit are the most important uh, in the opening crawl. Meaning like right. if there's a with uh, featuring or, or a with and uh, so at the end. So with that contract negotiation, Kelly Bishop, who's a theater star, and Edward Herman, who was you know notable in his time too, um, it's negotiated that way because she gets this sort of and meaning, you know, yes. we're recognizing talent and yep. he gets the with special appearance. He's in every episode. He's not in a special appearance. He's always in it. Uh, it's to acknowledge both of their careers, but also he was afraid that this series would be not successful. And so mm -hmm. he got the special appearance. Did um, you did you watch uh, the OC? No. OK. Uh, the What was the guy's name who plays the. Um, it's from the show Covert Affairs. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a show called Covert Affairs with um, uh, Piper Perabu. Um and the the lead uh, one of the guys who's in the show uh, the he was the dad from uh, oh Peter Gallagher. The first uh, like two seasons of that show or season of that show he's listed as special appearance by and mm -hmm. then it's added to the opening credits yeah. at the end. Edward Herman stayed special appearance through all seven <laughs> seasons of Gilmore Girls, which I think mm -hmm. is kind of funny. The but it was you know. They did the same thing to um, um, Sharif Atkins in the show uh, White Collar. He was like a, he was in every episode of the show, but he was listed as guest starring for the first three seasons uh, per his contract because it gave him the option of getting out right. if he wanted to go star in something else. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, and then he was added. At, and, and of course, there was the people like, why is Sharif Atkins not getting main cast credit when it's he's like, clearly this is what he wants? Yeah, it's like it was his choice. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't them being rude for it, this. Sorry, I'm cutting you off. Uh, it, but then also, it, I remember in the show Bones, um, David Boreanaz and, uh, and Emily Deschanel mm -hmm. literally had credit at the exact the same, same time. time. They, yeah, they yeah, would yeah. not give one credit for the other. Uh, yeah, which, yeah. Is, which is pretty cool, to yep. be honest. Because the show uh, does star, I mean, the show's named after her character, but, but the show's really seen more. Both. Yes. Also, it's, is it named after her character or is it named after like the tools yes. that links their two professions? And he gave her the nickname, right. so mm -hmm. who's not to say that that doesn't make him... And you, it was, it's almost impossible to have the show one without the other. Yep. I mean, it's so interconnected. It's such a funny thing to think about, mm -hmm. like that this is like part of their industry. That like, I need my name to appear before this person's mm -hmm. name. The same thing happened when... Um, when the film Miami Vice was coming out, uh, Jamie Foxx was credited second next to Colin Farrell. And then he had just won his Oscar for um, Ray. Mm -hmm. And there, he's like, no, I need to be credited before Colin Farrell now. It needs to say uh, Academy Award winner. And he, and he demanded to be paid uh, more or the same as Colin Farrell, uh, even though the contracts had already been negotiated. Mm. So that's a big deal. So what these people are, it may seem... Uh, it may seem slightly insignificant. And I think in some ways, looking at this, it's like they're saying the men are at the top, but not the women. Yes. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, this storyline might just feature more male characters, therefore making those yep. roles significant. Mm -hmm. And they and they're in the posters. Uh, so uh, so these so James Marsden, uh, I, like I said, I didn't remember, like I didn't do a lot of research. I just watched it. This is one of those glorious movies where I just watched it and I didn't do a lot of, I tend to IMDB a lot when I'm watching movies. It's a, it's a, I don't know if that's part of the ADHD, but it helps me stay both focused and not focused at the same time. Mm -hmm. But this is, uh, this is nothing new for for this uh, franchise, because if you notice here, this article was from CBR, and this is from 2020. It says, Sonic the Hedgehog, how listening to the fans accelerated the film's box office. Mm -hmm. Imagine that. Mm -hmm. Listening to the people that actually pay money to see your products goes a long way in your product actually yeah. doing well. 
Hard to believe, I know, right. but it, it is true. It says, it's been a long-running gag in Hollywood that video game adaptations are guaranteed to be critical or commercial failures, whether it's a lack of faithfulness to the source material, poorly rendered CD, CGI or bad writing and characterization. Video games are the only Hollywood, uh, are the only thing Hollywood seems incapable of turning into box office gold. Uh, actually, recently, Uncharted has proven that to be yeah. untrue. Uncharted mm -hmm. did quite well. Uh, it says, Hollywood seems to be incapable of turning into box office gold. Recently, though, video game films have been on an upward trend. Last year saw the, receive, uh, the release of two well-received video game adaptations, Detective Pikachu and the Angry Birds movie, too. I never saw... Did you see that? I did. I love the Angry Birds movie. I think it's... Oh, I, I never thought I would. It's great. What's it about? Literally, just, it's about just angry. But I, yeah, it's okay. just about the game. I don't want to get too political, but like it has an a message that you may not expect from a Hollywood film. Okay, and I think it stays true to completely the premise of. I mean, I can't say there's a huge plot line for the game, mm -hmm. but like the birds live in a city and yep. pigs invade. Yep. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting. Incredible. I actually encourage a lot of you to watch it. It's yes. about Have it. you watched the second one? No, I I've only seen the first one. Okay, the second one was. It's so different from the first See, one. Like, it didn't follow along the lines what the story was because the second one, basically, they're looking for... um, They're looking for the egg. Basically, it's yeah. like the same premise as the video game. As you uh, know, I personally mm -hmm. feel strongly that um, the... The remakes or sequels are not always necessary. And so, yeah. therefore, like, yeah. I love the first one. I'll probably never see the second one uh, because... The first one's good, and I don't mm -hmm. need to take the other yep. not as good content into my brain. There's well, the a, second one is cute. They have a lot of baby birds. Aww. There's a there's a lot of arguments like uh, like your love of the first one won't be you know, like it doesn't make the first one any less good of a movie. Some people can do that where they can see the crappy second one mm -hmm. and still love the first one just as much. Other people have a much harder time. Okay, can with I that. reference Gilmore Girls again? Yes, you can. <laughs> Sorry, it's multiple times this episode. Yes, you can. Um. Gilmore Girls ran for it's literally like I don't know I think I only watched this show and then I somehow merged into the rest of the world but yeah um I've there are seven seasons and the husband and wife Pal Sherman Palladino team that wrote it after the end of the sixth season they were in contract negotiations mm -hmm. and they actually got let go by the um production company and so the seventh season is written and directed for the very first time without them and it's like all kinds of things happens. It's actually the dialogue is very different. Like if you are, it feels with different. It, it's different, but so much happens that a lot of people remember it because they just packed a lot of plot in. And it, for I won't go into it, but it's it's different. And so there are people who say, um, and she's confirmed this. Amy Sherman Palladino wrote the six, the last episode of the sixth season, so it could function as a series finale if contract negotiations fell, fell through, through and they canceled and it. they canceled it completely. And so there are people, and I always say this, like, you just don't watch the seventh season. And when they came out with the uh, Year in the Life, like the one afterwards, mm -hmm. they, there were people who, it wasn't clear if Sherman was going to recognize the seventh season or not. Yeah. Um, so I think in some ways, you know, I've, I haven't seen Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog 1, mm -hmm. but I would feel more inclined to watch Sonic the Hedgehog 2, given that they are tied to their audience in this yes. really open way. And they it says often uh, it says in an industry that adapts everything into a movie and makes numerous changes to characters and plots in the process, often much to fans' dismay. Sonic the Hedgehog was the rare instance where the team behind the adaptation took fan fans' input into account and went out of their way to create something the fans truly felt was for them and not just for the general audiences. See. 
changes to that design have nothing to do with the general yeah. audiences. It has not like they didn't change that design to make it more palatable to regular people. Even regular people saw that thing and said, what the hell is that? So that it has nothing to do with that. Uh, a lot of times it's more out of artist vanity than it is out of uh, general audience. Uh, yeah. So it says, uh, plus the reason it's getting made is because the fans made it popular enough to make a movie out of it yeah. for general audiences. So the idea is why would you lose what bring gives it the soul uh, that made it worthy of this adaptation to begin with? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says, but they talk about how, so they made all these changes and the fans uh, went, showed up in kind to watch the movie. I think it did 146 million domestically, um, which is very good. So it was like something in that range. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to see how part two comes out if they're still paying attention to fans. And uh, the guy who wrote it, um, Jeff Fowler, was it Jeff Fowler? Yes, it was, uh, uh, did a very good job of proving that he's on the side, even if it's just for marketing purposes. Even if the dude behind the scenes is like, I don't give a crap what fans think. As long as you make the changes or as long as you actually uh, make the product that the fans want, I don't care if you actually like fans or not right. your job is to make something that we enjoy watching yeah so well, uh, and like if you are a marketing team and you make a poster and we're like we love it but the fans hate it like then you have failed in your job exactly mm-hmm. so we will see uh i, I do think that's a cool poster though uh, it is I, a it, cool poster uh, miracle likes it so. i love it a lot because look at little tails i feel like it would fit perfectly onto your background I all know. the colors and stuff yep it actually it would it would fit like right there mm-hmm. so it's a uh, we're gonna find room there's a lot going on, but it's well organized and structured. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a fan, so we will see how this one goes. Uh, yeah. I support any topic anytime I get to talk about fans actually being treated with a even a modicum of respect mm-hmm. from from these creators. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I got a, a message from uh, I, I sent Hannah Claire a message the other night, and I said, "What would you like to talk about on the show tomorrow?" And she sent me one, and this one did not give me uh, and the Slack did not give me like a picture, but she said it's TikTok's world, and we're just living in it. <laughs> it really and is though she's essentially pretty much right yeah uh it, or it does feel that way it says tiktok will now let users post videos for up to 10 minutes long how do you feel about that you know tiktok is a disruptive social media platform what i mean by that mm-hmm. is that it has really changed the industry um you know facebook had its own moment like this myspace in a lot of ways was directly competing with facebook facebook ultimately dominated instagram is similar and facebook went on to buy instagram if you can't beat them buy them yeah basically um and it added features that has you know competitors have had so Mm -hmm. like both have a live streaming feature there were platforms that had that beforehand um when TikTok started, people really compared it to Vine, right? Yes, yeah. it was a lot more like Vine. A lot more Vine. Short clips that were like funny and humorous and weird. The algorithm is what's really dominant. And it is interesting to me. So they mention it at the end of this article. But uh, this short platform, I think TikTok videos are only like, I don't know. like Max two, three minutes. T- max three minutes right now. Thank mm-hmm. you. Look, we are our Gen Zers are <laughs> helping me out here. Um, this then gave birth to Instagram Reels and yeah. YouTube, which is like, so shorts. fascinating shorts shorts they are all trying to say oh man yep. like and and there are analytics. instagram is constantly playing catch up to tiktok right yeah constantly and everything like if tiktok trends if, if there's a trend it starts on tiktok it yes. does not start somewhere else there has not been an instagram trend from what i can tell that's reverberated back to tiktok whenever i instagram. whenever i reference like something like a trend that i found on instagram i just inherently say that it's a tiktok trend mm-hmm. because i know that that's likely where it was where it stems from mm-hmm. yeah it absolutely uh, does so yeah. um I think this is also interesting because with some analytics behind these platforms, 
like that 10 minute 10 to 15 minute mark tends to be how people categorize them so if you're going to watch a 10 minute video it'll probably be on youtube yes so this seems like That's, a direct it, swipe they're coming for youtube they're here. coming yeah. for youtube and youtube can't really compete because especially with vloggers or podcasts or stuff like that mm -hmm. it's actually known for it's longer content yeah. now uh, more than ever. You're more likely going to YouTube to watch a full documentary. Mm -hmm. uh, what I found that uh, other than like the the videos that I watch to keep me up in these industries that we report on, meaning your Clownfish TVs, uh, mm -hmm. your Mr. H reviews, uh, if I'm not watching stuff like that, I have like general interest stuff. Like I, I watch documentaries about vintage video games, mm -hmm. like which are usually 30, 25 to 30 minutes. And the production quality is so high. Yeah. But what you're looking for on here uh, is usually stuff that's a lot more visceral, mm -hmm. uh, quickly made, but emotionally uh, engaging. Yeah. Uh, but or they're not, niche subjects where or, they can exactly. spend some time, but it's not expansive. Exactly. So uh, they really are in a lot of ways probably going to be coming for that same audience uh, over there on on. on uh, now the question is is it still vertical videos only i suspect it will be that's such a signature part of tiktok's yes. look what i think is interesting is and it's just occurring to me as we talk about it um i think these 10 minute videos could be similar to like you know when people get on their instagram um stories and they'll yeah. record and each story maxes out like 15 seconds 15 seconds yeah so if you watch 10 of them you're like watching a several minute video right it'll only well, let you upload four like you can upload a one minute clip and it will break it into four 15 right. second videos but if you but were like you do more a vlogger that. or a content creator yeah. and you had a long rant you could do several minutes over the course yes. of eight or 12 or 16. It's kind of the video version of like twitter a thread yeah uh thing i'm complaining about a thread yeah and also like i am not the fastest like typer yeah that's yeah. super weird for my profession but so like <laughs> being able to be like here is my rant it would be much more functional and i think in some ways that's what tiktok might see with these 10 minute videos um as much as like tiktok is known for their editing and transitions and yeah. things like that you know what i mean yeah for sure like especially like instagram how we were talking about like you can rant people used to hate me because i used to post like over 100 posts in my stories each day yeah uh, i if i see like the the story bar and it's like this long and everything is like it's like a dot i'm like Ugh. well no like what i post i post like memes and people like well, would that's... click on it and go like okay miracle shut up by the way i posted this on my story the other day yeah the people who turn memes into one second reels should be tried to the fullest extent of the law. Oh, should be a crime. It's what rough. you're doing. Mm -hmm. It's wrong. It's evil <laughs> and it's wrong. Stop uh, that. But Just saying. I'm also wondering mm -hmm. if TikTok is going to start inserting ad breaks the way YouTube does into Probably. these 10 minute videos. Well, that's what this. Like they'll keep the three minute, so you could get at three minutes and at six minutes and at nine minutes. Well, I like, found if this you article here that through... says uh, TikTok videos will be longer so that revenue can be higher. Right. Mm -hmm. And the only way to do that is to insert more ad breaks. Right, yeah. and well, in some ways, this is, again, a direct shot at YouTube, mm -hmm. where if you're, you know, a vlogger, a, you review video games, you uh, detail cars or whatever, like those things that take longer, but people will stick around to watch, you get more uh, mm -hmm. opportunities to add ad breaks, where this means that in addition to having your TikTok channel, right now you kind of cultivate a YouTube channel because that has yeah. more income opportunity. If yep. TikTok has more opportunity for independent revenue, maybe you can have a complete social media influencer who's pretty much primarily on TikTok for all things. Mm -hmm. Do you see yourself looking at 10 minute videos on TikTok? I do that already with YouTube shorts because like, um, I remember like a hot second, like YouTube and TikTok were competing who gives out their contact 
creators like gifts so like mm -hmm. tiktok they have the cake where you cut into it and it's like blue and red candy and then for youtube shorts they call their youtube shorts like shorties mm -hmm. and they give it to you and it's like a box that you crack open and it's like a cereal box and mm -hmm. they give you a straw that says like um youtube on it yeah but i don't know it, what it's... type of topics are you searching up if you're looking up 10 10 minute videos on tiktok what is miracle searching up food dance uh do you search them or do you just fall down a rabbit hole that's like 10 minute I, video 10 minute the, video 10 the, i fall down a rabbit hole the rabbit hole is the problem man that's mm -hmm. why i don't like if i want to lose hours of my life i have i i cannot open the real section of instagram oh my gosh, it's because so bad. it like tiktok's worse on instagram you at least have to scroll mm -hmm. uh or click to enter that part of the app mm -hmm. tiktok you just open it and your just brain shuts off it's like nick uh edward uh, edward nigma in the original in batman uh <laughs> batman forever when he puts the thing to his head and the people yeah. have the box on their head and they're like yeah. And they're just stuck, like, watching this TV on a loop. You know I what I'm talking about. Yeah. You, I saw this interesting commentary guy saying, like, so one of the controversies with TikTok is obviously, like, China is its main creator and mm -hmm. the data collection yes. and the algorithm and what it's taking. And I saw this really interesting video, and I know we're not going to get too political, but this guy was saying in China the app TikTok, and I haven't verified this, but what he was saying was, like, the algorithm suggests... People, engineers engineering yeah math, things are cool but in america, america it's like dancing, dancing. and if you really wanted videos. to get a like your kids your younger generation to have a leg up on the next younger generation why not get them all addicted to an app that tells a bunch of them you can be famous seeking affirmation and doing dumb things on the internet and the other ones pursuing these intellectual uh academic yep. mm -hmm. hobbies yep. uh, i saw i saw the same thing and i think that's one place where youtube is sort of unique which is that like you pursue it does suggest things to you but if i were to put in today mm -hmm. and i've done this before um you know how to assemble you know this type of tiling or something yeah. right for like a house renovation it will then be like oh i think you're into house renovations but it might figure out specifically that i am like a novice tile installation person mm -hmm. yes uh but for miracle it might figure out oh she's really more into decor yeah and it's the weirdest thing because this morning so i'm into plants now and i'm planting like a little mini garden yeah. and i searched up how to replant a lettuce i like to uh appraise miracle when she's like becoming an adult lady like now she's into plants now i'm into plants i like, I, like just hit that phase too this is like what happens yeah so right now i'm planting um a leek that i bought from home depot and i put apple seeds right next to it because i want to grow an apple tree and you'll be able to watch 10 minute videos on yeah, tiktok I, you could honestly create yeah. a whole tiktok journey of your plants and then once you have enough people hooked through your short videos convert to 10 minutes where you just talk mm -hmm. about whatever and then home depot sponsors you yeah exactly you know what i mean yep. well how my long you're on one of those target commercials <laughs> where it's like this like it's like the target uh, decor sections and it's supposed to like be like a really like look at this everyday couple and they're both really really good looking and i'm just like mm -hmm. yeah that's not an everyday couple mm -hmm. uh sorry hey, hold yourself to higher standards brett exactly. come on brett okay. yeah well but yeah my leak is named franklin and he appreciates it when i feed him water Aww. don't overfeed him i have a I little you get a cactus yeah Okay, so I kill plants like not yeah. intentionally. They just it's just don't, they ben, just don't survive in ben, my care. Ben said the same thing today. He goes, he like I just it's just imagine me walking upstairs and Ben's just walking with his head down, carrying a plant. He goes, I killed another one. <laughs> I know I, I didn't want to get them, but I was at um a uh, uh, nursery. That's what they're called. Yeah. And there was like this little pot with like a succulent neighborhood, and I was like, I have to get. I remember this. when you came and back. And that's when that. I was like, 
I am an adult lady. I wanted to buy a plant. So update on that. Mm -hmm. Some are not doing so well. I put did them you... in a... I'm really excited about them. So I like them to be near me. Yeah. But my room did not get very much light. Mm -hmm. So it turns out they have to move around. Like they have to be yeah. in the sunlight. Well, but... did you know that succulents technically they don't die they're kind of immortal because if you peel that's them why i got succulents mm -hmm. i'm really trying my best well if you peel like each petal or leaf i don't know what they're called mm -hmm. technically but if you peel them and like replant them they'll grow. grow yeah they grow again like they basically are immortal uh immortal and that's why i really like about plants like i was watching you're immortal but the thing yeah. is in desperation i would watch 10 minute tiktok video now i don't use mm -hmm. the app tiktok but I would watch you reposted TikTok yes, 10 minutes. Yes. I watch repostings on YouTube shorts. And right now I'm really into like shoe custom designs. Uh, I don't know what's up with it, why, but something about it like intrigues me a lot. So it says, where it is reported on some information given by TikTok representatives after surveying nearly half its user base. What it discovered is that users find videos over one minute stressful to watch. However, the five-year-old platform doesn't think its users are right. I, I like that. Like, you're wrong. Uh, I will say that, like, I post, uh, I, I, well, I've taken a break lately, but for two and a half years, I posted a skating edit every single day. Uh, and one minute videos and under did very, very well. Mm -hmm. Anything over a minute, uh, people just tend to tune out. I think it's because uh, it's like... You also have to click on it rather than it won't yes. let you watch the whole thing and through if you get to the, and if like you're at your job or whatever and you pull mm -hmm. out your phone really quick like you can watch a 30 second video and be like no but i'm working yes. whereas if i'm like if i'm sitting at my desk for 10 minutes looking at my phone someone's yeah. gonna notice so it's it's for the way the app was structured it was definitely better i would keep it exactly at 59 minutes and 50 or 59 sec, uh, seconds and 59.9 was mm -hmm. like the length on all my videos so uh it says uh it's if customers if if consumers prefer shorter videos why would tiktok extend them the company's motivations are clearly about increasing revenue. Longer video means more ads can be sold. It always, 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 always comes back to ad revenue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it says longer videos means more ads can be sold. Ultimately, if a five-minute video helped, helps tick, uh, help TikTok push their average watch time up by even a few seconds, traditional advertisers may feel they're, they have more freedom, and tech is always looking for, a much, uh, for as much revenue as possible. Me and Chris have had this discussion about this show. Uh, on mm -hmm. more than one occasion where uh con you know quality versus quantity mm -hmm. watch time matters mm -hmm. um clicks matter like how many ad breaks do they sit through matters yeah and like, i yeah. think it's notable that tiktok picked 10 minutes they did not increase by two minutes they did not double they, they did not go to six they went to 10 minutes yep. which must you have to again tiktok is a industry leading app they are not doing this they didn't just sit at a board and be like how do you feel about 10 minutes you like 10 mm -hmm. minutes 15 is too well, much for me there's there data, is data behind things, this which yeah. also means that other platforms will be looking at this 10 minute marker as well mm -hmm. yep. well also i feel like it's a thing because like you know how youtube if you say all the high seas for certain episodes of simpsons or family guy or american we do not Dad, support anybody doing that yeah um well they have these videos and they're like they cut them down and they're exactly 10 minutes, but you get the whole story within that 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I, I hate, feel- I hate that personally. I, I can't watch. Uh, they do the same thing with like WWE pay-per-views yeah. where they cut, that they just, they there's a cut every few seconds mm -hmm. and you see the whole thing in like less than 10 minutes. I'm just, I hate but that. But you get the whole summary of it. That's what I kind of like about it. Yeah. The other thing that I would say about this 10 minute mark and the revenue is um, alternative platforms like Rumble mm -hmm. or- there is no alternative to TikTok, as far as I can tell, other than what's more uh, mainstream and established, yeah. Reels and um, 
shorts. Yeah. But if you wanted to be a content creator, shifting to an alternative or up and coming platform like Rumble maybe is difficult because there is no, you know, there they may, I'm not an expert on Rumble, but like the obvious ad revenue is not there the way yeah. it's well established with these other things. There's also no way to monetize live streams on Instagram what about or, or, uh, mines has a different structure, but again, mm-hmm. the, the, to make revenue. So you have like your AdSense revenue, yeah. but that means that you need to have advertisers on those platforms as well. Mm-hmm. So if I launch a really awesome video platform, mm-hmm. but no companies want to advertise on it, mm-hmm. none of my content creators will make money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is interesting that none of these platforms have monetized live streams the way YouTube has. Mm-hmm. Like I would expect, I would have expected YouTube or Instagram to, to mon- I guess that I don't know if it's just because the structure of the platform isn't just, they have uh, to solid. have the metrics behind yeah. it to be able to back it up. Mm-hmm. Um, well, a lot of the people who do live streams on YouTube, they usually drop like their um, products or like their also they're long mm-hmm. they're like they they're, and, like, they're like hours long and yeah you're not gonna, you're and not instagram gonna... marketing like if i say miracle you have this many number of followers and i want yeah. you to like do a post on your on your instagram story i want mm-hmm. like one minute so that's three like yeah. clicks throughs and you want you to link to my product like i'll give you two thousand dollars yeah. four thousand fifty whatever it is like that structure is already there in a way that maybe live isn't necessary unless mm-hmm. you were doing like a live demo of a product yeah, yeah. so so short form videos have been a spike in pop have, have had a spike in popularity since launch video analytics company conviva uh, recorded that 12 percent of youtube videos in 2021 were less than a minute long uh that's but wow. again, that's when they launched shorts to compete with TikTok. Yep. So remember, TikTok and the pandemic are best friends yes. because TikTok had been around, but it really blew up in 2020, which is when TikTok and Instagram both introduced their alternative version of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it says that up here. Which so, like, um, just to report, like, Snapchat all, also. Well, we all said, oh yeah, I've watched a reposted TikTok on mm-hmm. these other things, but I don't know that I've ever seen, and anyone can correct me if I'm wrong, no one is like, oh, I made a reel and then I posted it on TikTok. Like, it works the other way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, because, like, TikTok gives you the option to repost on the other app. So mm-hmm. that's what I noticed. While, like, YouTube Reels, if you want to repost on there, it doesn't drop, like, your um your account for Instagram to go follow over there yeah. from TikTok. Only TikTok. So if you post from Which TikTok, has the TikTok logo yep. and your thing. Yes. Yep. handle. That's what I don't really like about it because, like, Instagram and Snapchat were before TikTok mm-hmm. and like usually those are intertwined but they never have like your um handle. your username or yep. handle on there but you have to do it when you do it through TikTok it will still have it which mm-hmm. I think is really cool if you try to get like more revenue and more people following well you. and it reminds me of when Instagram influencers or whatever mm-hmm. or if like they'll throw your handle up and say yeah. like this is what it is so and, like mm-hmm. if I'm sitting here and you don't you like you were saying, your IMDBing on your phone while you're watching the screen. Yeah. You like put that in, you can immediately find that person. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, well, also imagine that you have, uh, if you're trying to cross, if you're posting from TikTok to Instagram, what if your Instagram handle is different than your TikTok handle? Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's issues there. Well, um, Instagram has this cute little feature where you can press at. Um, like it's like an edit feature where you press at and like you type out your username and like you basically tag yourself so that's how they find you but they have to click on it that's the weird part well, no, that's what i'm saying like or like you if somebody's it. watching your youtube video that's that's taken directly from tiktok and it's got the handle for your mm-hmm. tiktok mm-hmm. on the screen where it shows up down there in the lower and right it has corner the, t- the tiktok watermark so they know yeah. what mm-hmm. platform that's on yes yeah uh, but if you're if if you weren't able to get that same handle on you on on instagram then there's an issue of cross mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. you know there's just confusion there yeah. 
So we'll 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 see. I I imagine it will do very well. well I, I really do. Also, uh, to get around that, if you're afraid that people can't follow you on other platforms, Linktree can help you with that. Yeah. Yes, a lot of people use Linktree. Mm-hmm. I'm um, excited to see what happens, and I do think that this additional way of cultivating followers like it'll you know they roll these things out so they can collect your data which i don't love but it also will tell us more about consumer analytics which can be really interesting yeah and also with our tiktok uh account for pop culture crisis at pop culture crisis on tiktok thank you yeah, um, there's going to be big changes soon. Yes, Dean. Uh, Dean was talking. We'll, we'll we'll discuss it when Dean. We're gonna is have back to learn on. to dance because I don't want to. Uh, I'm not doing any dancing. No, maybe. No, uh, I I have too much pride. Uh, this show can fail before I will dance on camera. Okay. Me too, buddy. Uh, thank you. Thank you. We're good. Okay. Um. So I'll be the monkey that dance. Dance, monkey. Yeah. Dance. Okay. Uh. So this is the one topic I, I was going to skip this topic, but it felt disingenuous to do so. Uh, it's relevant to the world right now, and it's relevant to pop culture and entertainment. And it says, from Batman to Morbius, Sonic 2, all the films that have been pulled from release in, in Russia so far. Uh, this all came down today. Like I was like looking for, I, I was before we record today, I'm already researching stuff for the next day's episode. Uh, and I decided to push this up and do it anyways, even though normally I would probably ignore something like this. It just felt weird to go through nine different sites, 10 different sites, all these weren't news sites. This wasn't NBC.com. This was TMZ, mm-hmm. Lad Bible, uh, CBR, um, uh, Cosmic Book News. All these sites are referencing IndieWire, mm-hmm. Deadline, mm-hmm. Um, AV Club. All of these sites are talking about this, and it's not relevant. I don't care about the politics of it. It's just the fact of this is the world we live in now yeah. where all this stuff matters at the same time. Yeah. Um, so it says, update, uh, March 1st. Paramount also pulled two of its upcoming releases from Calendar in Russia on Tuesday, The Lost City and Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Uh, so the quote says, as we witness the ongoing tragedy in Ukraine, we have decided to pause the theatrical release of our upcoming films in Russia, including The Lost City and Sonic the Hedgehog 2. We stand by all those impacted by the humanitarian crisis across Ukraine Russia and our international markets uh, and will continue to monitor the situation as it unfolds. A spokesperson said in a statement shared with Variety. Uh, Sony has followed suit and pulled these uh, the release of Morbius from Russia amid the invasion given the ongoing military action in the Ukraine and the resulting uncertainty and humanitarian crisis unfolding in the, re- in the region. We will be pausing our planned theatrical release in Russia including the upcoming release of Morbius a Sony sp- spokesperson said late Monday. Our thoughts and prayers go, with, uh, go out to all of those who have been impacted and hope that the crisis will be resolved quickly. So these uh, these updates just go literally down the line. So all of these movies have been pulled. Uh, I take certain issue with the hypocrisy of all this, yeah. meaning that every one of these studios is still doing business in China, and there is uh, I it was I wouldn't I almost didn't care until I read the phrase humanitarian crisis, which is literally what they have going on. Well, over and there. they acknowledged it. Like if you're talking about the Uyghur. Uh, uh, the crisis with the Uyghur population in China, they acknowledged it for the Olympics mostly, but we still sent people. We had a soft boycott of that. Movies can still go there. You know, I'm not going to pretend like the uh, actions in Ukraine are not, you know, you know, any loss of life is devastating, but it is definitely this weird, don't question us move to be like, well, some places we're punishing, but other places we're okay with. And we won't explain to you why. Also, yeah. it's it's just the most corporate thing ever. None of these companies care. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, this is not a political issue. This is a, 
these are businesses. Well, it's, it's a they, fall in line issue. They, they, they're doing it because they would be chastised yeah. and their stock prices would drop if they were not to do this. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's completely fall in line. If they are the one studio that doesn't, it's going to be like, wow, you put profits ahead of anything else. Yep. But they are putting profits ahead of everything else by, by pulling it. Yep. By not pulling it or, universally. They, mm-hmm. I under, I, I, I think that we have a society that does need to applaud people who stand by their values even when they're not exactly our own yeah but in this case it's like sometimes we have these standards but we will not have them universally mm-hmm. and that's a problem to me that is fake follow that's inauthentic yeah follow the money Chi- the, a great deal of the finance and money that comes into hollywood nowadays comes from uh chinese studios mm-hmm. and chinese backing so you will not hear them pull these th- uh, these movies from from anything in, uh, involving chinese uh well it has the of- world's largest population so therefore the world's highest chance and having people go to the movies exactly like, yeah. I, so. I understand on an intellectual level but like personally you know you have to remember that like when these people are like yeah we we support this and that and whatever whatever's out there that we need to say that we're behind mm-hmm. they are not the, the disney release is the funniest of them because disney is like doing the leave first of all disney is the one who uh before i come back to this i'm going to go over here to disney under fire for mulan credits that think chinese group linked to detention camps this is in 2020 miracle knows all about the story uh from mulan <laughs> Uh, it says Ugh. Disney is facing backlash after the final credits Terrible of its latest thing. film Mulan. Thank government entities uh, in the Zhejiang, is that Zhejiang, Xinjiang mm-hmm. province, mm-hmm. Uh, where Muslims have faced human rights abuses. The film has already generated controversy after its lead actress uh, recently expressed support for police crackdowns in Hong Kong during the protests. So the point of all this is not to make it political, it's to point out the hypocrisy of it mm-hmm. and that it's not genuine and then if you go to down to what disney said it says following disney's statement warner brothers oh so go up here to it says the walt disney company announced their decision stating that given the unprovoked invasion of ukraine and the tragic humanitarian crisis there's that phrase again that the the we are pausing the theatrical release uh of films in russia including the upcoming turning red from pixar Mm -hmm. turning red was always going to disney plus it was never it they weren't planning to make any money from that so it's not like they're actually even sacrificing anything no they're just it's just theatrics at this point Mm -hmm. it's all it's like the world's biggest virtue signal yeah Uh, and again it's it's you know it reminds me of the black square uh, that's movement. exactly like, what you did. yeah when you look back at this time they're gonna be like oh so this movie that you produced did have a russia release during this time yeah. interesting i don't actually also they're not pulling it they're pausing it so as to wait until something gets... in case maybe we change our mind and then the like in the the studios that wait you'll notice that the studios that waited longer were the ones that had stuff coming out more recently so uh, you know they wanted well, to wait just and... to make sure if movies are our biggest way of exporting culture, it's kind of interesting because, like, uh, I'll write about this later today on the site, Mexico is not going to sanction uh, Russia. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, like, Russia's film industry and the in- industries of movies uh, or the movie industries in countries that are not outwardly working against Russia, like, it's hard for me not to speculate that those uh, cultural ties are going to become stronger. If I if I can't get a movie from the blockbuster, well, I'm going to go to this other place. And if that other place has certain values and norms that i then start seeing all the time i might reinforce that relationship also um i do ask is uh indie wire still available to read in russia are they allowed to read uh entertainment news and uh, are these apps still available well, in russia um the so this is a pattern that a lot of it's not just movies but 
I was telling you before, Brett is a former hockey player, in case anyone was wondering. Mm -hmm. The NHL just announced that it is going to sever ties with Russia, and uh, that includes all of its business partnerships, and it's going to close its social media sites. So in some ways, that means that, like, they're cutting Russia off from access to their content, hockey, which yes. obviously is very, like, if you don't know. It's a huge, it's a huge, huge sport. thing in Russia. Um, 5% of the NHL, of, of NHL players are from Russia, which is yeah. significant. Um, so, I, again, I, if this were an honest, like, these are our values, we're going to stand by them, then you would need to do it everywhere for me to believe you. Yes. Yeah. And in this case, like, we can acknowledge that you people in Ukraine are suffering without also being like, oh, right, you have taken the correct position on Russia. I totally trust and believe you. you yes. Know what I'm so I, I just have a hard time with all of this because it, it just comes off as to me it was the it was the connections to China that bothered me the most because they're very silent when it's uh, when it's financially beneficial for them. They're all too happy to ignore it, uh, but when it's not, then they can then they can virtue signal. Yeah, and, and it's like trying to like. I don't know. It's it's unnerving to me, and I I can't really comment on it because there's no way I would know. But mm -hmm. when everyone lines up against one single enemy so quickly, yeah. like this is you know, it's unusual. Yep. Yes. If the mainstream media actually gave it, yeah, it's been like calling on you like the whole time, and I didn't. I thought that was you like censoring yourself so you wouldn't curse. <laughs> yeah. If the mainstream media actually gave a damn about what's going on in China and covered all the atrocities there on a daily basis, shoved down the down everyone's throat, I'm sure that they would things the tune would turn would change very quickly. So basically, they're going to ignore what they want to ignore. They're mm -hmm. going to talk about what they want to talk about, and you're really just uh, at the mercy of what they think your uh, the right message is for today. Um, but uh, to me, I guess it was the biggest thing about this is it's watching it all happen in real time. Mm -hmm. uh, going on these sites and looking for stuff that I want to talk about that I'm interested in and being kind of bombarded with all this news and information that's very important. Mm -hmm. uh, and like I said, I don't want to cover it on this channel. It's not really the what this is about. This is yeah. about power. But this is, in effect affecting uh you know influencing pop culture because these movies these television shows all of these products that we discuss uh become um kind of cornerstones of culture as it progresses yeah, right and, I... and now that will be cut off from this part of the world where mm -hmm. they will not grow uh and mind you they, these are the people of russia that won't get this stuff not the government mm -hmm. uh it will be the people of russia that won't be able to because the government stuff. like any influential leader who wants access to it will get it. That's yes. not the people that are exactly. being denied this. Yes. Um, I think what's interesting, too, is like if the Internet is the ultimate unifier of the world, it's uh, something that speeds up uh, globalization. Yeah. Then we're going to have this separation. It's a clear mark where the Internet says not for you, not for all of you. Yep. Um, so, again, to my NHL reference, they're cutting off ties with a uh, the largest internet provider in russia yeah so that means that like there's no way that doesn't fall through on this level for movies or video games or whatever else gets out there yep. mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean russia's gonna stop watching movies they now we not. just don't know what movies they're watching yep. yeah so yeah you 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 miss the opportunity to have what you believe are your core values which are strong and worth conveying to another another culture and now they're being cut off like from access to that you're censoring the russian people you're not censoring the government anyone else yep. you're you're censoring the people it's, like you are withholding which like if that's what you want to do okay if this is the core part of a business tenant i just would assume you would do it universally mm -hmm. to everyone who violates those and uh, and additionally you would recognize that you're 
you recognize who is actually being hurt. Yeah. What, what I thought was weird is I saw a social media post from um, one of the accounts I follow, a, a skating company that has uh, people involved in the company in both the Ukraine and Russia. They mm -hmm. said, we will not post anything on social media until our friends in Russia and Ukraine are safe. And I said, you're not like, you're it's just silencing so your own dumb. voice. You're not like you're you're risking your ability yeah, to help. Like, I have some sympathy for that though, because again, more than we appreciate, I think Russia and Ukraine are intertwined culturally yeah, and yep. historically. And you know, there are attacks in Ukraine, but that doesn't mean people in Russia are not in danger as well. Yes. And it's not that the civilian population of either country has to be a part of this. I just think it's crazy how much something like this, which is not pop culture, is affecting pop culture. Mm -hmm. uh, and I will tell you, you cannot get away from it. You can't. Um, I, I wrote a story. I was telling you this yesterday. I wrote a story. Toyota had to shut down its plants because of a cyber attack. And one was talking about cybersecurity and production values and COVID, which you talk about all the time now. And the uh, another uh, article I was reading through about it mentioned it in the first paragraph and then immediately went into the Russia-Ukraine conflict because yeah. it just, the the uh, repercussions of this and the mm -hmm. shockwaves of this are really being felt everywhere. To the yeah. point where I've tried to ignore this, like, uh, the goal of the show is not to be political. The goal of the show is to talk about things that I think are worthy of discussing and uh, deeper discussions you can have that, mm -hmm. re uh, that revolve around industries that I care about, which is film. Uh, general pop culture can initiate interesting discussions mm -hmm. about the human condition in ways you might not think you actually can. Mm -hmm. And yet, uh, and the goal has been to avoid taking strong political stances or covering topics like that. And I just, it was so heavily uh, involved in the news cycle, even on the sites that I'm checking, that it felt disingenuous mm -hmm. not to at least cover this aspect of it. Yeah, and we've covered uh, movies not being released in China before, yeah. or mm -hmm. China's censorship of movies. I don't think, we, we, I assume the goal is to not make this just another political podcast. Yeah, I don't want it to be But we that. do acknowledge that, that it, it would be exist. inauthentic to not see the relationship between the two. Exactly. So uh, I guess that's the hazards of living in a, in a universally connected world now mm -hmm. that you can't really escape stuff like this. And these industries are uh, are inextricably linked to, mm -hmm. to the political divide in the world uh, and to what's going on. Uh, sociopolitically so it, it's just strange to me how no matter no matter how far you try to to get from these things you can't escape it mm -hmm. and that sucks so no no i just i don't really care about the whole um the whole situation right now i know it's like very dire and we don't know what's gonna happen but at the same time uh good for warner brothers like pulling out Batman. Well, they're not pulling it out. They're nope. saying they're pausing it. They're, they're, they're. Uh, the other but, thing was like some of them they have to release because they've got contracts that they can't break. Yeah, uh, but it's industry, also so. like how the Olympics, like we said, we're going to ban Russia. They're not allowed to participate, but they're still participating, mm -hmm. but not as the country Russia. Yeah, they're um, running as a different. They're thing. the Russian Olympic Committee, but they Thank don't you. compete under. They can't wear their colors yeah. and things like that. Yeah, and I still think it's not fair. Like, you remember the controversy with that ice skater who mm -hmm. is, like, taking, um, was it steroids or, like, a no, different... Taking like, a heart medication that mm -hmm. needs to have, like, performance. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I still don't think it's fair. Like, we say one thing, but then we still let... Well, like, we were mad. The, I, the, the Olympics mm -hmm. are my great example of this. We're, like, we're boycotting, meaning... Yeah. Well, we'll still send athletes, but we're just not going to send Biden, who we probably don't really want to travel anyways. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we we condemn, you know, 
the Uyghur or I mm-hmm. can't remember her name off the top of my head, but the tennis player who made an accusation against uh, CCP yep. leaders oh, um, for sexual assault. And then she came yeah. back and at the Olympics was like, I made those up. I never yeah. said that. It wasn't real, which is mm-hmm. like very sketchy without like commenting on it too much. Like, but we still sent athletes like yeah. we have boycotted the Olympics before. Mm-hmm. Hardcore. No one went. But this time we were like, well, we're mad at you, but we don't really want you to be mad at us. So we're still kind of going to go. But we also like. This is why mm. everybody doesn't really respect us because like it's a weird thing where like that parent that doesn't really punish their kids, like putting a pause on movies for Russia. That's kind of like a. And this is different. These are private companies that are doing this. This isn't the government. It's yeah. not saying it's not quite the same thing. as the Yeah, Olympics, but so. it, it's kind of stupid because it sounds like a soft punishment. Like, you know how you get upset with your kid and you're like, I'm taking away your phone. But you can still have your iPad and your TV in your room. Yeah. It's kind of like it that. It reminds me of like, if it's like, okay, you are banned from the TV this week. So no yeah. video games and no TV shows and no movies. And then it's like, mm-hmm. well, but, but as a family, we're going to watch this movie. And well, like, I know you really like that one baseball game. So we'll let you yeah. watch that team. And then you're like basically letting your kid do it anyways. Yeah. Like, so I just feel like that's how it is. Like the U.S. is trying to be like the It's parent, not. Yeah. The parent, but they're not really putting solid punishments for other countries because like the u.s like again brett and i talked about it if we don't want like um if we don't want like uh sorry what is happening (laughs) so okay um there the ipad that you guys so thoughtfully provided for me yeah i have now managed to lock myself out oh jesus in case you were wondering i may or may not be a boomer it's uh (laughs) it's not clear to any of us i'm sorry i'm really appreciative for brett because he got me this sweet this sweet tablet so i would stop looking this way at the screen yes and now i'm like i can't touch any piece of technology please help me it's, it's okay it no, happens it's, it's been known to happen. it was bound to happen sooner or yeah. later but that was really funny that gave me a little brain fart i was like i don't know what's happening uh imagine this uh one time miracle like uh was trying to like half turn off the camera while i was recording something and now she understands why i was so distracted by that yeah well also because like you know you should talk through it because like it's probably nothing big but also yeah. you're like what are you uh, ex- ex- exactly so all right we're going podluck yay we're gonna go podluck we're where gonna... is this theme song brett dasovic we're, we're, we're gonna get the we have to the ask carter at some point oh, okay so miracle do you want to talk about um Hasbin hotel yes if you guys are not familiar with Hasbin hotel it's located on Vizzy pop's youtube channel it is an animated series pilot episode is still on youtube but they recently got bought out by a24 and they made a lot of changes to this beautiful cartoon good changes or bad changes bad changes so a24 does a lot right yeah they do a lot and they bought out um hasbeth hotel but luckily they didn't buy out their spinoff series which is called hell of a boss are you guys familiar with the Mm -mm. series or no Mm -mm. so hello um hell of a boss and hasbeth hotel it's located in hell Mm, and so Hasbin hotel the synopsis of it is basically you have charlie who i'm going to talk about later okay you have charlie she's running a hotel she's trying to rehabilitate every human soul who's stuck in hell um hell bring them up like their morale and basically let them go back to heaven oh so it's kind of like a purgatory hotel kind of like catholics believe purgatory hotel is a cool name too you know what i mean like catholics believe like in purgatory like you pray for people in purgatory so that they can get into heaven yeah otherwise they're stuck yeah but basically how she advertises it it talks about it real well in the 
pilot episode. So basically, all the human sinners they're stuck in the what ring is it? I think it. I believe it's greed. They're stuck in no, no, it's not greed. Um, it's in pride. So they're stuck in the pride ring, but they can't leave. Um, they can't leave hell, and hell is like overpopulated. So how hell regulates their population? They send down killer assassin angels from heaven to kill off the population so they can regulate the population to make it smaller again hmm. but um hell's population keeps on increasing because people will sign away anything to become famous or be rich depending whatever matter it is or so influencers well, evil, some, evil influencers well some of them like died from like olden times like one of my favorite characters like uh angel dust he died like um during the big cocaine boom <laughs> and then great name then uh, radio demon he died in the 1950s where and his voice is like a radio um talk mm -hmm. show but it's host. like influencers or people with like power of their time kind of cool kind of it's kind of weird like how they talk about it and basically she wants people to join her hotel so the original name was called happy to um hotel before alistair the radio uh radio demon came in and changed the name yeah he was like has been yeah um, great name but basically her whole objective is to get human sinners to become angels and go back to heaven then can you tell us what these changes are that are so coming? the changes this are for a new release yeah so okay. um a24 there's a lot of news for it apparently they might release on hbo max i'm hoping they do if they do then that means they get to keep their crass and crude humor okay. because this is a again don't recommend for kids because it's an adult cartoon but they made a lot of changes so in january they announced that basically they recast all the voice actors and seeing actors oh, for this interesting. how do you feel about that i legit am kind of upset about it because i love the original voice actor for charlie i love the singing voice for um alistair because his singing voice is so beautiful and then angel dust his voice actor is very iconic for that voice too and if this started as a youtube channel which first off can mm -hmm. we just acknowledge how like wild it is that we live in a day and age that like youtubers are moving like yeah just leap leapfrogs all kind of traditional structures yeah. um but presumably those actors that were in the original cast mm -hmm. are not as well known they're some of them are well known so um i believe they had one guy i forgot what his name is but he's well known for like doing voice acting for animes mm -hmm. a lot of them are for um anime series or other cartoons that you may know from and it it's kind of upsetting because like i did watch their live stream where they were talking about they i don't know if they were predicting this but like somebody asked in their live stream like how do you feel about celebrities like taking this is what i'm assuming i'm doing my own theory how celebrities take voice acting jobs mm -hmm. and they said it's not really fair for us because we're not like big name celebrities but we're still trying to look for jobs but they're taking them because they're bigger names yeah and it gets more um clicks and more views mm -hmm. than our names but so a thing that it's they the free market economy mm -hmm. at work babe yeah <laughs> well and also there are people who just have unique voices like um, yeah i i i don't really watch family guy but mila kunis is meg right and yeah. she has been for a long time yep. like wasn't she doing that 70 show which is where i think if mm -hmm. she sort of 
came up on. That's what I think. Yeah. Um, but she, wasn't she doing them both at the same time for a minute? She was something? doing both for the same time. And then for Meg Griffin soon, they might replace um, Mi- um, Mila soon because, like, there's a bunch of episodes where they change Meg into a guy. But I don't know if they're going to actually do it. But Meg is always the butt of the joke. Mm. And basically, for Husband Hotel, after, like, the announcement of recasting all their character voices, now they change up the main character who's charlie so her last name was different and it was kind of a play of name on um what's his name again i just was born in the ukraine who yeah yeah i knew that so basically charlie her name is actually a play on words of the king of franks or the first royal roman emperor Mm -hmm. so that's her original name but they changed it to charlie morningstar and if you guys don't know this is why i think this show is very clever because the creator she did a lot of research on demonology and christianity Mm -hmm. so she knows what she's talking about but she makes it into a parody and something for people to understand to a certain extent Mm -hmm. but if you guys don't know lucifer is a direct translation to shining one or morning star mm-hmm. so that's why they changed her name but i just don't for me i don't mind the new changes to charlie they made her more mature yeah because the original pilot they made her very kiddish and like everything's softer but in this new drawing that you see right here everything is more mature like she's wearing a pantsuit that's more slick she looks similar to her dad's drawing in the pilot where he looks more slick and like snake-like interesting Mm -hmm. which i don't mind but for me i like the original drawing because it shows that she's a little kid who's vulnerable and gullible at the same time yeah because everybody called her stupid and said her idea turning human sinners into angels is a dumb idea it's not it kind of changes like the representation of her character Mm -hmm. the physical embodiment of her characteristics and like um also this um cartoon why it's like a big thing because even though it talks about hell it also talks about the community so like the gay community a little bit so charlie she is gay but they don't put it into your face and that's what i'm kind of afraid what hollywood might do because that's what they do they ruin good things Mm -hmm. but luckily busy meaning that they're taking something that just happened to be a fact of her life and then mm-hmm. they're going to make it a focus about, not, yeah yeah yeah, yeah because, because the plot of her story life of, as opposed uh, to a- story of story of hollywood having the tact of a, a sledgehammer yeah yeah but i'm i'm kind of excited that they are launching something they didn't announce when it's happening but i'm hoping and um hello boss their spin-off series is on hiatus right now they <laughs> only have like I believe eight episodes on hiatus on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So their Hell of a Boss uh, spinoff series is still on YouTube, so you can still watch that. But this it'll one, be interesting to see how they they react in tandem. Well, know, one um, on YouTube and one with the studio. Even though it's a spinoff, they said they are connected, but the stories are not connected somehow. They're not interdependent, maybe. Yeah. Um, because like um, Hell of a Boss talks about all the demons and all seven rings. Hell of a Boss is YouTube. Yep. Okay, YouTube only. Okay. And then Hasbin Hotel, I believe they announced that they might be on HBO Max. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. Um, I want one more thing I want to talk about, yeah. and that was, uh, this is from the SAG Awards. Uh, yes. This is in a night where uh, basically all the talk was about Ukraine. I, I thought this was very, very interesting. Um, uh, you good? 
Yeah. Oh, look like you're pointing at me. Uh, no, sorry. I'm just I'm just tapping on my little thing. Uh, Again, like can Tearful. Can it's like a boomer. We're, I we're like gonna you give you, me technology gonna, and I become 800 years old. <laughs> I'm going to get you. Uh, I'm going to get you like a like a like an old school like Dell computer that you can turn on. I would really foot. appreciate that. Yeah. Honestly, part of it I think is like my nails are outgrown. Yes. So like I'm trying Wait. not to like. There's Dell computers that you turn on with your foot. The joke is it's got the little button. At the oh, bottom. that thing. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> Miracle tear- doesn't know what we're talking about. That was so fake. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's like, oh, that. Oh, no. Yeah. So it says, <laughs> tearful Michael Keaton dedicates Screen Actors Guild Awards to his late nephew. Um, so this is because of he was uh, the lead character in the show Dope Sick. Uh, who, Which I did not see, but really wanted yes. to. Yes. So actor Michael Keaton made a tearful dedication to his late nephew while accepting a Screen Actors Guild Award. You can see his moving speech here. And then it says, the 70-year-old actor scooped the award for outstanding performance by a male actor in the television movie or limited series for his role. And that's probably like a crowded field in today's day and age because yeah. limited mm-hmm. series are like what everything it is uh, for his role in Dope Sick, a series about the U.S.'s opioid crisis. While accepting the award, he dedicated it to his sister Pam and his nephew, also called Michael, Michael tragically tragically died from a heroin and fentanyl overdose in 2016. Keaton could be seen in tear with tears in his eyes uh, during the speech and stopped for a moment before saying, "Given the subject matter, this uh, this is for my nephew Michael and my sister Pam. I lost Michael to drugs, and it hurts to my sister. Thanks." Uh, Keaton plays the role of Samuel Phoenix in the show, which centers on the aggressive push of pain of the painkiller Oxycontin, an addictive drug that is blamed for kicking off the opioid crisis in the U.S. and has killed hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, in his acceptance speech, uh, Keaton said, "There's an argument to be made that it's a legitimate argument, uh, and it's a legitimate argument that a night like tonight is self-serving, narcissistic. It's a legitimate argue to, argument to be made." They were having this discussion a lot because uh, they had this in the wake of uh, what happened in the Ukraine, mm-hmm. and they're asking also. Them, generally they should probably have this conversation yes mm-hmm. and uh, so like uh on one hand uh i i kind of i, I don't disagree but on the other hand it's like uh, this uh these people like this is an event that's been planned there's uh there's yeah. uh, these things to give out these people are well there's, and there's like workers nothing here who about have... canceling that event changes what's happening in mm-hmm. exactly so you have to be very uh cognizant and you can't think surface level and stuff like this there's nuance to all these topics so it says uh i, I have a job where i can be part of a production like dope sick that can actually spawn thought conversation and actual change who gets to have a job like that who gets to have that job i i i do take issue with them always talking about how these things that they make are changing the world i don't know how much i actually uh i agree with you for the most part although in this day and age of like everything has to be about suddenly this child is transgender or gay or mm-hmm. like it's we all need to be nice to whatever like i was actually very grateful to see something about the opioid crisis which i feel like we don't talk enough about as a culture mm-hmm. and i think we are numb to the fact that huge pharmaceutical companies are settling and at, as movies and limited TV series are a vehicle to bring that to people's mind. Mm-hmm. Remember we talked about like there's going to be an age where your whole history course is based off what, you know, biopic movies you see yep. on yeah. Uber or whatever. When I, I understand it, yeah. his point. It's not that this changes everything, but I was appreciative to see a topic that I feel is important. I, uh, I, I I get that. Uh, I Although that just makes me the same as everyone else. I am very... I am very, I push back against all Hollywood virtue signaling because mm-hmm. it's all empty and vapid to me. I mean, no disrespect to everyone involved. I, no, lot, it is, it is. In a lot of ways, they can't help it. Like, no. they feel like they have to say something. Uh, and it's part of, like, their I'm job. I'm just glad it's to, a new topic, yes, right? Some uh, of the other stuff that they virtue signal about has been 
talked out. Uh, I will point out that it, it, it matters that he has gone through it himself. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, as somebody who is uh, now sober, but uh, struggled through many years of addiction uh, and nearly destroyed, I, very well, I should be dead. In a lot of cases, I shouldn't have made it to the age that I'm in now. And I'm still suffering repercussions of that, even at the age of 35. Uh, I appreciate them talking about it, but I, I do always feel like I get hesitant when they talk about the we're changing the world. Uh, I don't see our, these people as the ones that change the world. Not really. Uh, mm-hmm. You can draw attention to it, but that doesn't make the changes possible. Uh, there, there's a whole longer discussion yeah. that would ha- that would take hours and days to discuss. Mm-hmm. But I do think that he's genuine, and that's important. That's the most uh, important. And I found this article from a couple of years ago, uh, from 2012. Kevin Costner tried to save Whitney Houston via snail mail. So it says uh, years ago, Kevin Costner was asked to try and save his the the bodyguard co-star Whitney Houston by mail. The actor, who ultimately failed, has opened up about a pair of hope-filled letters he sent to, from him to her. Uh, only after the loss of Whitney Houston has Kevin Costner become aware of just how bad her struggle with a drug addiction was. The, the actor, who starred opposite the singer in the 1992 movie Bo- The Bodyguard, was tapped by her friends more than once to try and reach out and encourage her to seek help. Uh, Costner shared during an interview with Anderson Cooper that there are some people that really love uh, Whitney, and a couple of times during the last seven or eight years, they asked me would I write her a letter. So it's not something that's new to him. Mm-hmm. He's He's been through this before, and, and I think it's at a point now where this has touched a lot of people's lives. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um. Uh, the discussion going back to like, do they change the world with these movies? Uh, drawing attention to it is one thing. The news should be drawing attention to it, but usually only draws attention to what will give them ratings. Uh, so I, I take in, I take issue with the fact that anybody who draws attention to most stuff is for the most part self-serving, which isn't inherently a bad thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of the world has changed through uh, the desire, you know, capitalism is based around the idea that you can change the world uh, in a means that also benefits yourself. I get that. But the uh, what they're doing is not the same thing as providing a viable product for someone. They are simply telling a story that is going to be framed in the way that they think is best uh, it's not telling the whole story inherently. So mm-hmm. uh, like I said, I'm not saying that what they're doing is wrong mm-hmm. or bad. I'm saying that I don't think it, uh, it I, I think that they overpraise themselves a lot of the time for what they feel like they're doing for society and they feel very self-important to yeah. me. So that's, it's not to say that that's wrong, but I do appreciate him talking about it. It clearly was a, a painful experience for him. And I, I don't mean to give like a, a weird answer to this, no. but it I mean, feels, it's not simple right yes you can't give anything but a complicated answer exactly so i i just i struggle with these things because i do like it when they draw uh i do like it when they are willing to admit their own struggles that they've gone through Mm -hmm. but acting like you're changing the world because you acted in a role i i just have a hard time but it's easier to believe and there's no evidence to say he's doing it but that he is in a position where he is you know uh that he might give financially to organizations that help does. people uh, a lot or, of them do. yeah or like he is supporting his sister who's gone through i mean like there's no reason to believe that there is not action behind his words it bothers me when it's just like this movie's gonna change everything yes. anyways i'm gonna go back it, to doing something over there it always yeah. feels so empty like i've done my job 
Yeah, it always feels so empty, and they, it it always feels like they're like they literally want to get arm surgery so they can pack themselves on the back mm-hmm. better. I just uh, well, I'm like, not saying that's what he's doing. It's like, and I don't. Saying, that's what I mean. That, that's why this comes across different, and we feel like it's notable. Yes, uh, like uh, the uh, I ignore most Hollywood virtue signaling because, like, I used to. It's I have a funny story. Uh, when I came to work here, Tim, uh, when Tim found me on Instagram, he, he's like, uh, he, he figured that I would be uh, somebody that would come out here because my my profile said like uh, in individualism is greater than collectivism. Mm-hmm. I still believe that. But before that, I used to just have a big sign. I used to just say stop virtue signaling because mm-hmm. I hate virtue signaling I so do. much. It's, it's just so empty. So uh, I, I am I, I do find it uh, important enough to point out here, but I do hesitate to tell them that they're changing the world. Yeah, the thing about virtue signaling is that it's actually not virtue. Like you are saying this is the way we should act or this is right or wrong, but you live virtue every day. Yes. And... So often that's not true. So yeah. Um, uh, did you see Dope Sick? Um, I think I saw a trailer for okay. it. Okay. All right. So it's, it's. I think I'm gonna watch it. I've always wanted to. It's also mm-hmm. most of the story takes place in West Virginia, which I have a huge sense Connect. of affection yeah. for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that I, as an individual, you know, have known people who have struggled with opioid addiction, yep. and I could be better educated, and yep. that might be an interesting way to do it. Yep. Yeah. So very uh, not not the not the brightest topic to end on, but I did think it was worth uh, mm-hmm. worth mentioning. And uh, like I said, it's not an easy thing to. There's no right or wrong. Uh, it's just a, a very complex uh, thing to cover. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so you guys are gonna go see Batman this yep. week, Thursday. Thursday, cool. we're gonna Thursday. watch it. Yep. Do you guys want us to review it? We are going to review it. Nice. So Whether bad. you want it or not. You don't <laughs> yeah. you, you don't have a say in the matter. Nobody guys. has a say in this. They, guys, bring, I tried bring to... me some movie popcorn. Yes. Do you uh, want yes. some? I have some at home. No, I want it fresh from the Batman Dark Knight no. was like one of my favorite movies of all time. So if I were gonna review movies with you, this would have been a good one for me. But I guess I'm not invited. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna act like a brat. Um, but I, the thing is, every time you guys say like, "Oh yeah, we're going to the movies this week," I'm like, "Oh yes, bring me some popcorn," because there's something special about movie theater. Do popcorn. you want a candle that smells like movie? No. Okay. No. Thank Stop you. Stop ruining my chances I of just, buying you a I, gift. I'm gonna be very clear. If you could bring me fresh, like buy it on your way out of the theater. Yeah, just I wait. would really appreciate it. I will wait. Yeah, Brett. At the office for that delivery. No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to do that. But Brett I'm excited makes, to hear what you guys think about it. Yeah. Brett makes fun of me because I um, bring my own snacks and water. Very we used to sneak. Uh, <laughs> there was like a grocery store and a dollar store close to the like affordable movie theater when you were where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And we used to like very obviously sneak food in. I remember one time I got like a- So those cargo size. pants are for. <sighs> exactly. So smart. One of my friends bought like- um, a family-sized box of Lucky Charms and just stuffed it up his shirt. But it's like obvious what's happening. The crinkling yeah. of the of the plastic. Well, he's got like yeah. a rectangular chest. Like there's nothing. Just remember, you're not hurting the movie studios when you do that. You're hurting the theaters, which are much smaller. Mm-hmm. Remember the the studio uh, and the theater split the cost of those tickets. So the reason so you that, actually should buy the reason the food is so expensive is that's how the movie theater actually makes I've their money. I've never thought of it that way. Right? I, I don't did. feel feel guilty. bad. I don't. But I will now that I have more income. Yes, feel continue it. to buy. I'm movie still broke, popcorn. so I'll still do it. I remember one time in Bakersfield, my friends and I were going to watch Rogue One, and I was the only one who carried the backpack. Dude, that backpack carried a whole um, whole box of soda. I did it. And yeah. nobody checked I, it. Like you, it is a fun game to see like how much <laughs> stuff you could. 
can carry in. You do know that they know, right? They yeah. just don't. Oh, they're, yes. just, they're just not paid enough to like stop. Also, you. like you shouldn't be obvious about it. Like that's rude. You're literally crinkling from wrappers of My, stuff that you're. We've been you're, like you know like a big purse and yeah. be, like filled with Wendy's burger. All these people who like never care who've never carried a big purse in their yeah. in their entire life are suddenly carrying just I huge being, tote bags. Yeah, I remember being at TJ Maxx and with a friend <laughs> and being like, we could fit so many snacks into this. <laughs> It's uh, somebody should make like a movie theater line of clothing, just nothing but huge pockets. It's like a jacket that when you unzip it, it's like insulated <laughs> so you can keep your drinks cold. Oh my god! I think end. they already do have that. They, they better already... send it to me and I'll review it on this podcast. They, they, that's I perfect. think they already have it. You have to search it online, but I think they have it. Like Korea made something similar to that. Well, they're just trying to screw the movie business too. But it's Korea like has better movie food. I'm just saying. Uh. But the other reason I, I don't support this is because we go to warehouse, uh, a warehouse, warehouse limo, which cool. has fantastic. I get the I get the drunken fries every time. Yeah, with the cheese. Well, and the I fries. mean, They're like good. I said, I actually legitimately love movie theater popcorn. It's just like mm-hmm. when you were in high school and movie tickets were already more expensive. Like yeah. they were a bigger part yep. of your budget. Yeah, you can't you can't hate on it. But maybe we should start doing that thing. Like if you see it at coffee shops, you like buy popcorn and someone can like take the like thing and be like oh this is like someone mm-hmm. paid for my popcorn miracle maybe you should be more responsible with your money so that you can support the movie industry. i'm trying to like feed my plant give okay? big companies all your money says brett no they're not big companies most of these theaters are not big companies so just get free tickets but then buy the food that's what i learned yeah well i don't know for me because like um uh, the whole i'm trying to buy a bug out like supply i get you yeah so most of that is going there and then now i'm actually an adult so starting this month or next month i'm gonna pay my own rent Mm. so i'm finally being an adult that is amazing yeah because um i'm paying the whole house rent by myself oh man that's tough yeah so andy's not gonna be there so i have to manage my money you gotta import some roommates I know. So I'm like, hey, Charlie, do you want to pay for the internet bill? That's the cheapest one. He's like, okay. What? <laughs> you make your poor college boyfriend, like, who's got- Who's like, in school? Who's like, pay in school, for your pay- internet where he doesn't live? I'm joking. I'm joking. She's not, I'm not, not joking. joking. She's not totally joking. not joking. Just for viewers at home, Miracle is not joking. She's, anyway. she's trying to cover right now, but that's all right. No, just, I'm actually joking. She's not, not joking. <laughs> she's- Hannah, Hannah Claire, do you think she's joking? I do not think you're okay. joking. I think you said this and then we like had a negative reaction. You're like, no, I would never, I would never do that. Uh, so it is what it is. It's okay. It's- I asked him as a joke and he's like, sure. You didn't ask him as a joke. You asked, you asked him in a jokingly. way that you could play off as a joke We're so later. mad. We're so mad about this. It's like, I'm, I'm here defending Charlie's- uh, Good old Chester. Poor, poor Charlie is now being- forced to pay bills that he doesn't need to pay oh because gosh. miracle can't stop buying pikachu toys i and stopped plants. doing that i stopped doing pikachu i just want everyone to know as like a community cast castle is like actually extremely supportive of miracle we're encouraging her and helping her in whatever hands it's just like when you have siblings and they make fun of you a little it's, bit yeah what we do it's what we do yeah don't worry you guys i'm not being bullied i told someone earlier i <laughs> said like, the side, like help me I, t- I was telling someone earlier i said i gave miracle like two compliments yesterday that means i was telling me earlier yes today. i was like i was like it's like so that means she's due for like a little bit of derision today because you know she, she showed up like at the time we're supposed to record rather than like a little bit early which like would have been polite 
You know that scene? It's like the episode of The Office where uh, it's actually a pilot for like a possible spinoff about Shrew Farms. And his nephew is like, why are you doing this? And he's like milking cows or Mm -hmm. taking care of chickens. And he was like, he he gives some kind of sarcastic response. And the kid is like, I was just asking a question. You don't need to be mean about it. And he's like, yeah, it's great that you asked a question, but it was a little bit stupid. So you're going to get made fun of a little bit. That's what happens. But come on. Come on. About what? No, Charlie cannot pay your internet bill. I pay for his gas sometimes. <laughs> I occasionally pay for things. I pay. What for- if you not pay for his gas and you pay for your own internet? <gasps> well, I'm planning to do that. I'm factoring out all the math in my head. How much money I have left you over. You probably do it on a calculator. It, this is a calculator. I don't know what you're talking about. You said about. in your head, to be fair. Anyway. <laughs> oh, you. I did? Yes. I well, did. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay. Hannah Claire, thank you for coming today. Guys, thank you so much for having me. It's always yeah. a blast. One day we're just going to do an episode where we just banter for, for that an would hour be and fun. 20 minutes. There won't be any structure. Uh, it'll be up to, to Chris to cut it up as best he can. <laughs> poor poor guy. Chris fires all of us. Yeah, he's, like, you're, you're all fired. So. No, it'll be, it'll be fun. I love being here. I'm really mm-hmm. you know always appreciative that you guys have me back so often. So. Yes. So tell yeah. everyone where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram at hannahclaire.b. I am going to post more. I've she made promises. First quarter of the year res- resolution. Uh, you can find me on Gab at hannahclaire.b, especially if you want to keep up with what I'm writing. And if you want to see my work for timcast.com, click on the news tab. Thank you so much as usual. Thank you, guys. A lot Thank of fun. you. Miracle, mm-hmm. tell everyone your social media. I don't have social media because the rats here. Because she's too busy, like, Figuring out what bills Charlie can pay. That's a- <laughs> brutal. We we love you. We, it's we, we well, you. I asked him, do, do you want to be on my phone bill? Because I get, if I add more people, it costs less for both of us. Perfect. And like his mom. He's like, no, I'm on my mom's. No, like. <laughs> I took my headphones off. Like his mom and him are like, I don't know, because like they're trying to figure out their whole internet thing. And I'm like, well, if you're on my provider, I get unlimited data you for your, your phone. You a new phone number too then, so. No, yeah. you can transfer it. Like they asked you, do you want to, because I remember when I canceled my number um, in Bakersfield for my house phone number, they're like, do you want to keep it or do you just want to cancel it altogether? And I said, I just want to cancel it altogether. You guys should have a reality show. Who? You, and Ch- you, you and Charlie should have a reality maybe a show. vlogging channel. Yeah, maybe a vlogging channel. Guys, if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Instagram at Brett Dasvik because social media rots your brain. Why not? Uh, if you want to follow us on YouTube, go to the channel. Please uh, subscribe to the channel, like the videos, leave comments on the videos. We appreciate that very much. After you do that, if you go in the description video of whichever one you've clicked on last, it will give you a link to the Spotify playlist, which has all the episodes on a bridge, start to finish. It really is the best way to watch or well, to listen to the show. It's the full version all the way through. It's not just on Spotify. It's on Amazon Music. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's also on Pandora. And then after that, you can go and make our social media manager very happy by following us on Twitter at popculture underscore. And then you can make him really, really happy by following us on Facebook and on TikTok at popculturecrisis. And we will be back with another episode tomorrow. See you then, guys. Bye. Bye.